Welcome to the XYZ Experiment Podcast. I'm Fiona. I'm going to be your Gen X today. And joining me today is my millennial, Dash. Hello, Dash. And my Xennial, Sarah. How are you today? Hi. Good. And today I wanted to talk about music through the generations and what music means to you and when was your first experience of music and what sort of medium was your music given to you of? So I'm going to start off. When I was a young girl, I was reflecting recently about what my first sort of album was that my parents gave me. Now, my dad was very big into music when I was growing up. And back in the 70s, music was all on um, record, so on vinyl, which I believe is very popular again at the moment. And I really, really wanted this album um, by Duran Duran. Do you girls know who Duran Duran is? Of course. Yeah. Okay, I can see. Yes, but I couldn't remember. I wouldn't be able to name a song. Okay. So I wouldn't I, be able to name a song, but if I heard them, I'm sure I yeah, would. You're sure yeah. you know. Hungry Like yeah. a Wolf and things like that. So I really wanted this album by Duran Duran. Anyway, Christmas came and uh, we're opening up our gifts and my sister opens up her gift and she's got the Duran Duran album and I open up mine and I've got The Police. Now, you know who The Police are with Sting and things like that? Oh, was he yeah. the police? Yeah, Sting was the lead singer of the police. So I was devastated. I was devastated because I didn't even know who the police were. But obviously at the time, I think my dad was trying to expand my music knowledge. So I put the police on and it was love at first sight. And I can't remember which album it was, but it's the one that's like got Walking on the Moon and things like that on it. And... Um, and it sort of started my love affair with music. And so as I was growing up, my dad for birthdays or for Christmas would give me different albums. And the next album I remember getting was Queen. And uh, with this Queen album, it was a single and it was Another One Bites the Dust. And I'm sure you've heard that song of Queen, Another One Bites the Dust. Yes. But what it came with was a hula hoop. And so... <laughs> I had a, a turnstile which could be moved around everywhere. I'd take the turnstile out to our backyard underneath the lemon tree and uh, I'd put this, you know, put the needle on and put another one bites the dust and I would hula hoop for hours to that song, like hours and hours and hours. Even now when I hear it, I can hear that beat in my hips. So that's sort of the first reflection of what I had of music and that the medium it was delivered on. What about what about you girls? What what do you remember your first memories of music? Can I just um, ask a clarifying question? Yes. So when you say turnstile, yep. do you mean a record player? A record player. Yeah, we used to call I've them turnstiles. I've never heard that term. I've never heard that either. Ah, so they were called turnstiles. So um, oh, so no. you had your turnstile because it's turning. <laughs> <laughs> you put your needle on and you're, you're trying to be really careful to get it at the beginning and not to scratch it and things like that. And as you're sort of hula hooping next to it, because you just got it on the ground, you're trying really careful not to bump it or so it jumps or anything like that. You know? so, so it wow. doesn't jump or scratch or anything. I'm sure I scratched the hell out of that album. Um, but yeah, turnstile. Didn't you know that's what we used to call it? Oh, that I love so that. Funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, what did you do? Well, so I remember my first, I guess, album was a cassette tape. Um, and so I was living in quite a remote community at the time where a light plane would bring in goods, goods, wow. um, 
yeah, semi-regularly, and it was only a tiny, tiny shop that only had a few cassettes in it. Um, and I saved all my pocket money um, for the Banana Rama cassette <laughs> <laughs> album. Um, and, you know, I mean, that and a couple of others were my prized possessions, but my cassette collection was mainly comprised of music that I taped off the radio, right? <laughs> so there with the blank cassette in there, waiting for the top 10 or whatever countdown at a certain time of night, waiting with your fingers poised on the record button, right? I was it record play. Yes. Um, you know, you'd be busting for the Libby. I can't, I can't. I, have to, I think my song's going to come in at number five and if I missed getting the start, you know, then I've got to wait until to record it. Or if the DJ spoke oh. over it or they didn't yeah. play the whole oh. song. Oh. So annoying. Uh, and then you sort of put together your little mixtape, don't you, of your favourite songs. And obviously the quality's not that great or you might have two, um, I guess, little boom boxes in front of each other. Did you ever do that with one playing and then the other one recording? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it was, I had a lots of those, but then getting the Banana Rama cassette tape and just the sound quality, I remember playing it, um, was just so exciting, taking the little booklet out of the, the, um, the front and like unfolding it, you've got the like song lyrics in there, the photos, and I also got the Bobby Brown um, cassette at that time, the one thing I was thinking about was I was a massive Bobby Brown fan. That's Bobby Brown um, who married Whitney Houston? Exactly. Oh, okay, right? yeah, yeah. So quite, I guess, infamous yes. back then and now. Um, but at the time, sort of this very fresh-faced um, musician that came out, I just loved him. I styled my hair like him. I dressed like him. And I joined his fan club and I was thinking about this in preparation for this podcast because what being a fan club member meant back then before social media, well before social media, um, as a zennial is, literally writing letters like snail mail, like getting a piece of it. Mom, can I get can I get your good stationery? Getting my little like beautiful pens and pencils. Drawing, you know, pictures and literally writing a letter about how much I love him and how much his songs mean to me and I just love you. And you're <laughs> folding up that letter into an envelope, getting stamps and posting it to the head of the fan club over in the US who would get the mail and, like, try to pass it on to Bobby and you would just cross your fingers hoping for a response from, I did guess. Did you ever get a response? I did not get a response, unfortunately. And I guess it's like, hope the person doing that would, I guess, be the equivalent of the person who manages the art of social media now. Yeah. And responds to DMs. <laughs> but they would probably just pump out a few responses. But I was very sad I didn't get a response from the Bobby Brown uh, from Bobby Brown, um, <laughs> but I wrote quite a few letters 
it sounds very stalkerish now, but like I say, that was just our equivalent of that was how else could you communicate with an artist who you just loved so much and their music meant so much to you and you just like loved it. And you know, with the cassette, I would play that cassette so much you'd have to get the pencil out. <laughs> tighten like, it up. Tighten that little, I mean, Jen <laughs> might not have any idea what I'm talking about right now, but yeah, look, it was, it was wild. It was wild. Just thinking about, like, I can see how that can happen, but I'm, immediately to my mind comes Taylor Swift and her fans, right? And, like, how much access they have to the to Taylor Swift so quickly through the Instagram and and their websites, and she might actually respond to you. You don't even know if Bobby Brown even saw your letters or anything like that. Oh, he That's just crazy. Just, exactly. I mean, as if he would. Maybe. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe. The, the artist sits there and kind of reads through, and they would say, oh, I've got all you remember on, you'd watch like um, V, uh, Channel V, or just these music shows yeah. on TV that you would have, and they would say, read all your letters. Yeah. <laughs> Did you though, Bobby? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, I, I'm not quite sure if you're old enough, but do you remember when um, MTV started? Like I remember watching the first MTV. episode with, Video killed the radio stars. Their first song by the uh, Buggles, is it that came on? I can remember being so excited to watch that. Was is that in your youth as well? Yeah, yep. I re- yes. I mean, not the very first um, MTV, but certainly somewhat. But remembering as well, I we didn't have access to cable, uh, so you would yep. I would hear about. MTV, but then we'd watch Rage and yes, yeah, video hits. Countdown. Video hit. Did you guys ever watch Countdown, or is that too young, too old for you guys? With Molly Meldrum, I think that's too young for you guys. Countdown's my era. Okay. Yeah, we definitely. I, I definitely watched Rage every morning on the weekends. No, yes, Countdown was 100%. way before that. Every Sunday at five, Molly Meldrum would have Countdown, where he would interview really famous people um, and then they would do um, a song on the show and then at the end of the song, uh, end of the show, it hit, they would count down the top ten hits in Australia that, that week, you know, so countdown. There's, you can watch a lot of it online, a lot of the countdown um, video footage and things like that. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. I think Molly Meldrum, um, he's one of the reasons why a lot of musicians from overseas were very successful here. People like Madonna and Elton John and things like that all went on. Prince, Prince Charles went on to Countdown. It's pretty crazy wow. at the time. Yeah. Oh, what about you, Dash? What's your first memories of music? Well, I have um, – music is very strong in my family. Like, my family is very musical, but I would say they were very – a more classical band. So I learnt classical music growing up. And I have this really clear memory of, I think we were in a furniture store with my parents and I had watched Strictly Ballroom or I don't know, when did Strictly Ballroom come out? Anyway, that song Time After Time oh, Cindy was Lauper. playing yep. um, in the store. Yep. And I was like, what on earth? Because in my parents' car, we would only listen to classical music, like the classical radio stations. And so then this song comes on 
on the radio in this store. And I went up to the store register person and I said, what radio station is this? And that was when the bubble burst for me that there were more radio stations than just classical music radio stations and that my parents had never put them on in the car. And so that's when I learned about 101.1 and 109.1. I don't know. Anyway, Fox FM. And um, from then on, I I made my parents um, play those radio stations in the car. And so then I started to hear much more uh, popular music, which I had been shielded from. And I remember my first album that I got was actually on a cassette tape, but we moved very quickly then to CDs and CD players, was Mariah Carey's Music Box. Um, Yeah, and so I was a big Mariah Carey fan. I think that was in grade six I got that around that time. And then the other really core memory I have, which I was doing exactly what Sarah was doing, I would sit in my room listening to... Um, the top 40 and um, would try to record it on my on a cassette player on my um, little recording devices and I heard um, Hanson's Umbop for the first time and I just remember going crazy for it like it was like I can't even describe that experience it was the most joyful music I had heard and I recorded it and played it on repeat ages and to this day except for widen concert recently my friends and I still go to Hanson concerts because <laughs> it's got such good memories for you memories but like I don't know their new stuff so like yeah but it was such a core cool part listening to Hanson music and being obsessed with Hanson was such a core cool part of growing up for me and then the other thing that happened when I was in early high school is we had gone as a family and it was a big deal at the time we'd gone on um on an overseas trip and while we were overseas um people had come into our house and robbed us but they'd been very sneaky and they it they hadn't disturbed things but they'd taken out all of our cds and um, they'd taken my school bag to put all the cds in and they'd taken it um and you know other random like our video play our vcr player and all that kind of stuff and so we then, because of our home insurance, got the choice to pick new music. Like we got wow. a certain amount we could spend at the CD store yeah. and pick new music. And my sister and I just went crazy doing that. Like we just got all these new albums and the Backstreet Boys and Blue and all of Take That and all of these. Like I was very into boy bands but also loved R&B. So R&B was probably another big part of my childhood growing up. Um, so, Yeah. That was probably my big music thing. But I would say then another weird core memory that happened, and I can't remember what year this was. I'd have to look it up. I remember listening, uh, watching the movie Shine. Did you guys watch that? Yes, yep. And absolutely fell in love with, so that was 1996. So I would have still been pretty young by then. I remember watching it and fell in love with the piece that he plays, which is Rachmaninoff's Concerto 3. Mm-hmm. And that became a big anthem for me. Even into my adulthood was listening to that piece. And it was the song that I would run to. So I'd do a 10K run listening to Rachmaninoff's Concerto 3. Wow. Not oh, your yeah. typical running music. No. 
Did it just get you into like a state of flow type thing? Because I need flow. music to really pump me up if I'm going for a run. And there were points where it would just crescendo so incredibly and then calm down and we'd run by the beach. And so it was just, you know, I'd, I'd listen to it running by the beach and so much of the musical kind of themes that would come through, I felt reminded me of like waves crashing or flowing and, you know, that type of vision that I would have in my head. But I just was obsessed with that song. I actually got the music for it. It is one of the hardest pieces to play. Um, and they do talk about that in the movie. And I could only play, I think, the first page, which is a very easy part. And then it goes like full on and I could never, my hands can't even stretch to play those chords. Anyway. Why didn't you play piano, Dad? It's amazing. Yeah. I started playing piano when I was quite young, my sister and I. It was a big part of our childhood. Then I learned clarinet as well. And um, yeah. So you know, we've got a big thing with classical music probably in our family. Just just listening to you, Dash, and listening to what music can mean to you and, and listening to things like over and over and over again because I, I, I know I've shared this with you guys beforehand, but during lockdown, music became a really important part of my daily ritual and I spent hours, hours putting playlists together for different moods and I'd actually name them after my different moods and and like a walking one and an exercise one and and like a mood for just I need quietness and all that sort of stuff and classical music became a really big part of that for me during that time because I was in the middle of my sort of breakdown of not working for the first time in 30 years and there was certain music like for me it was Vivaldi's Four Seasons that I just listened to over and over and over again and I can't get over the comfort it brought me and just, you know, listening to you just then just saying about how the waves crashing and things like that, like, like I really get that. Like there's moments mm. in the, some of those classical pieces where it just, it just has some incredible moment and it just, I don't know, what is it? Does it just bring you comfort? Does it change your brain waves? I'm not quite sure what, what that is. Well, it does have a massive impact on your brain. And we do know, like, for people who are living with dementia or Alzheimer's disease, music is one of their last memories to go. So, you know, they oh. can forget a lot of other things, but you could sit someone who's played piano down in front of the piano and they, they'll play songs from memory that they played when they were children. Or there's this beautiful video on the internet of a ballerina who had very advanced Alzheimer's disease and they played one of the songs that she used to dance to and she automatically started the movements of the dance. Like, wow. um, I think music is incredibly powerful and, you know, really, really vital. And, and I, I do sometimes think I can tell when I haven't listened to a lot of music. And I, I know now for me, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Obviously, I love podcasts. And I listen to a lot of, you know, audio books and those types of things. So I don't listen as much to as much music as I used to. And sometimes I think, no, you really need to. It's actually good for you. It's good for your mental health to listen to music um, and just do nothing but listen to music. Do you think, like, for either of you, do you think as you've got older that your musical tastes have stayed the same? Like, or do you think that your musical tastes... Um, is with each decade like for me I love 80s music 
but I actually still love the music of today and I just wonder what if you two are like that as well. Well, that's something I uh, was wondering, I have been wondering at what sort of decade or era will my music kind of consumption or tastes get stuck in. If you think about your parents or older people who put on music from the 70s, right, they would have no clue what's really um, being played today. They have not recognised nothing that's on the radio, anything like that, and not want to, right, because they're like, I know what I like, putting on all my old albums, and that's it. And I, I don't know what sort of era that is for me or whether if I think about the music I listen to now which is kind of all over the shop will I be listening to that when I'm 80 or will I be listening to Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden from my grunge days or will I be listening to pop and and so yeah I don't know where I'll get stuck uh, but I feel like as you get older, it's kind of inevitable that oh, you may sorry? reach a bit of saturation and it can be exhausting, especially now when there's no end to how much new music you can discover and so maybe it's safer to retreat into what you know. Um, Do you guys but, seek but out yeah. new music? Do you actually seek out to listen to new sounds coming out. Like, I'm interested to know sort of like what radio stations do you guys listen to? So I can start us off. I still listen to Triple J quite a lot um, because I want to hear what all the new music is coming out and I feel Triple J does that. But I, sometimes I'll, I'll still listen to like um, Kiss or I'll listen to Nova or sometimes I go to Gold or Smooth. I just wonder, do you have a particular radio station that you're – your radio stays on or do you move around or what What do you do? I don't really listen to the radio that much. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really listen to the radio that much. I'm showing my And age. if I do, it just jumps between stations really till I, <laughs> till I find something I like. Maybe I have, maybe I am already stuck in, in a particular type of music then because I probably wouldn't, just leave it on a station that um, has no music coming through that's familiar at all mm-hmm. and that's maybe not in the style that I – not in music styles that I like, right? I don't think I'm that experimental to be like, hey, I'm just going to leave it on this particular station that's playing 10 songs in a row. I have no idea what they are and I they're in a genre that's not really familiar with me because I really want to experiment with something new. I think I am actually getting set in my ways, potentially. I would agree with you. Like, I Not that you're getting set in, but I'm the same. Like, I do not listen to the radio. Um, if I do listen to the radio, it's probably classic FM, to be honest. Um, and that's all classical music. But I um, curate uh, Spotify playlists and... I listen to other people's Spotify playlists, but often they're playlists of composers. And so actually how I discover new music is music through movies or TV shows. Like yeah. I love instrumental music. Like I love it. And so, you know, I'll, I'll follow um, Thomas Newman or Martin Phipps or, you know, some of these composers, you know, John Williams is one that people will know because he did like Star Wars and stuff. Max Richter. Um, 
Pardon? Max Richter. I love him. Yeah, Max yeah. Richter. Like all of these guys. And so I'll, I'll listen to people who've curated their lists and update when they've done new music. And so I'll learn, I'll get their new music through that. But I was just also listening to, you know, how you were saying you had like playlists that you made for like going for the walk, going for a walk or dancing or that kind of stuff. I have playlists. Oh God, I'm such an academic for different academic tasks I have to do. So I have a playlist for when I'm writing. I have a playlist for when I'm like having to do administrative tasks. I have a playlist for like budgets or doing um, my EndNote library, which no one will understand, but it's a referencing tool. You know, like there's just like different playlists that I have. I have playlists for when I'm um, having an infusion in the hospital. Um, And then I do have dinner playlists but I'm very rarely listening to new music. And so I couldn't tell you a single song that would be in the top 10 now. Wow. Well, so, I I probably, I do listen to new music just in terms of playlists or like what's new or just let it go on sort of random within certain genres I like on Spotify. But I also know, uh, yeah, I also find limitations in that and maybe as a zennial i'm just not uh, i guess maybe streaming services and navigating that and getting the most out of that is maybe beyond me and probably someone who just grew up the only way they've ever consumed music is through streaming but yeah. a different experience than than me but one thing i do love about streaming services as at the end of every year they curate well Spotify puts together my playlist for that year and they say these are the songs you listen to the most in 2019 in 2020 in 2021 and I just feel like it's this beautiful snapshot of the music that I was obsessed with in that year when I want to go back and be like oh yeah I really like listened to that on repeat um during that year um so Dash, what you're talking about is your Spotify and rap so that's like for younger generation that's mm. like just a standard question it's like what are you, you know, are you a dog or a cat person? Are you a beach or mountainous? What was what was number one on your Spotify and rap last year? Yeah. Like it's yes. <laughs> you just kind of, and then you can get to know the person. What was on your top, what was on the top of your Spotify and rap last year? I'm going to have to go have a look. Do you buy um, music anymore? Nah. Nah. See, I still buy music. How do you buy music? Just I don't do. even know. Through Apple. I still buy music. Oh, so it's through the Apple streaming app, yeah. though, but you're buying it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a fool. <laughs> but I still buy music because I don't think anyone barely buys music anymore. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. So um, my number one song on <laughs> um, last year was New Queen by Martin Phipps, which was from um, The Crown. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is an instrumental? It's an instrumental. It's a beautiful instrumental. And, I'm, not, um, I'm not insulting you. I have that album from The Crown. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I was going to also ask you guys, what was the last concert you went to? I went to Lizzo last week. You went to Lizzo last week? She was amazing. She was amazing. I and really... what, was your first con- what was your first concert that you ever went to? ABBA. Was my Abba. first concert I ever went to at the first entertainment centre, Abba. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Sarah, what was your first and last? My last concert that I went to was Florence and the Machine, who's my favourite 
actually. So it was incredible. And the first one, first concert I ever went to was UB40. And it was so fun going without my parents, with my friends. It was great. How about my you, My first concert I went to, because my uncle worked for a music magazine, so got my sister and I free tickets. Um, and we, we were young. Like, we were still, like, I think my sister was in primary school and I might have been year seven. We went to the Fuji's. Oh, okay, yeah. And I just remember being blown away and thinking, oh, my gosh, Wycliffe Jean, you are so cool because I remember he had one tracksuit pant leg up to his knee and the other one was pulled down and, like, anyway, they were very cool. Um, And then the last concert I went to was a Katie Noonan concert and she was uh, singing Joni Mitchell uh, songs. Um, But most of the last concerts I've been to have been actually Katie Noonan concerts. I go see her all the time. And probably the other last one that I did, which was like a proper big concert, was Mumford and Sons. Do you go to many concerts? I was meant to go to a Hanson concert earlier this year. Was it earlier this year or last year? Last year. And I pulled out. And the reason I pulled out was it was standing room only. And I actually can't stand for the duration of a concert anymore. Okay. And so that actually limits my ability to go to these concerts where if you, I am going to stand and I can't sit comfortably. So that's probably why I also go to old people's concerts. I shouldn't say old people's concerts, but um, concerts that attract an older crowd because you always have a little table and you have seats and you can drink wine and you can have snacks. And it's like, that's my idea now of going to a concert. I have to go to a lot of concerts on my own because a lot of my friends don't like my musical choices when I want to see modern people anymore so like I I go to a lot of different sorts of shows and and what's coming to mind is Kendrick Lamar I was dying to see him because you know he's Pulitzer Kenny and um and nobody would go so I went on my own I probably was the oldest person in that in that show and I bought a seat because I didn't want to stand because I was worried that the kids might crush me if I stood in the uh, standing area but it's interesting like when I when I I, I want to see all these people and see what they're doing and see what the generations are listening to nowadays and and how it appeals to them and things like that. And so, you know, often I'll think, no, I want to go see that person and just, you know, sometimes I'll buy a ticket on the day and just go on my own, like I did with Harry Styles, just to see what everyone's going crazy about and things like that. Do you do that, Sarah? Do you go to many concerts or? Um, I don't go to that many, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I don't really go to, to that much live music. Um, not because, not for any reason in particular. Um, I remember I went and saw Stormzy and I went with a friend who's much younger and it was pretty crazy at this Stormzy concert, like the mosh pit was going crazy. And I just said to, to my friend, hold my beer. Because he was, he was worried about me. He was like, oh, it's a bit crazy. Do you want to stand over here? I was like, hold my beer. I'll be back. <laughs> I dove straight into the middle of that mosque. And loved it. Relived my, you know, early 20s. Lots of time spent in mosh pits. Last time, wow. Last time we did a mosh pit was at um, Peking Duck, my sister and I. And... Uh, and that, that was just before uh, COVID and we went to Peking Duck here in Melbourne and we were in the middle of it. And 
I'm getting this tap on the shoulder. This girl's tapping and tapping me on the shoulder. I'm thinking, what is going on? So I turned around and said, oh, yeah, you know, how can I help you? And she was congratulating us because of our age of being there in the mosh pit with them dancing and how it was just incredible to see people our age doing that. It's just like an insane moment. Oh, my goodness. An insane moment. Like, I was thinking, I'm not that freaking old, but apparently I was. (laughs) But I was going to say, I feel like you are a little bit unusual for the typical Gen X in terms of how much you do engage with new music and how much you do go to concerts and, um, yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe most Gen Xers would do that. It could be because I was brought up with music and, and... like, like years later, um, one of the things I did with my dad was is I bought tickets to go see the police last time they came to Australia as a group. And we bought, we had tickets sort of, oh, we were second from the front row, you know, and it was a little bit reliving that moment for me when he bought me my first police album, you know. And, and I saw my dad recently and he was saying to me, do you remember that police show that we went to? And I was saying, yeah, it was pretty incredible, like... And I think you just have those sorts of... And also, um, and I, I think this is a very 80s thing. During the 80s, the music in Australia was really going off. I mean, you had people like... And it was going off worldwide. So you were having people like In Excess, Men at Work, Mental as Anything, The Angels, The Hoodoo Gurus. God, there were so many great bands at the time. The Angels and... Um, uh, what's the Jimmy Barnes one? Um, my mind's just gone blank. Um, Cold Chisel. Oh, I loved Cold Chisel. And so back then, they all did concerts together. I remember going to see concerts where, you know, it was opened by Mental as Anything and then, um, and then you'd see The Angels next and then you'd see In Excess after them, you know, all in one sort of concert. And so I think they were touring heavily and I think – I do think a lot of Gen Xers – are sort of really used to going to see the bands in the pub and doing all that sort of stuff and maybe I still live that maybe I'm still mm. I'm still doing that Hi it's Sarah thanks for taking the time to listen to us here at the XYZ experiment podcast don't forget to leave a rating and review and if you enjoyed our show make sure you tell all your friends and family and of course subscribe Uh, Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment. You'll get all our latest updates and news. And a big shout out to Luke Champion who composed our original music.